Air, the Australian frequent flyer podcast is boarding. Step on board for the latest news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. Your captain, Matt Graham, now invites you to sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. G'day and welcome to episode 53 of AFF On Air. It's Saturday the 6th of February 2021. Coming up in today's episode, how you can get more than 20,000 Qantas points plus a case of excellent red wine for under $400. And later in the episode, we'll take a deep dive into the world of hotel loyalty programs. For that discussion, I'll be joined by someone who knows a lot more about hotels than I do. James Green from Frequent Flyer Solutions will be back. But first, let's begin with a roundup of the latest airline and frequent flyer news from the past fortnight. And firstly, most Australian states will restore their international arrival caps to pre-January levels from Monday the 15th of February, following a decision at yesterday's National Cabinet meeting. But Western Australia will retain its reduced arrival cap of just 512 passengers per week until further noticed, as Perth emerged yesterday from its five-day COVID-19 lockdown. From the 15th of February, New South Wales will again double the number of passengers it takes per week to just over 3,000. Queensland will restore its capacity from 500 to 1,000 per week. And Victoria will increase slightly, as well as South Australia. The increase in arrival caps is welcome news, of course, for the many Australians still desperately trying to return home from overseas. But even with last month's capacity increase at the Howard Springs facility near Darwin, the new arrival caps as of February are still below the old caps that were in place before uh, January when the government temporarily halved those caps in, in many of the states. Prior to last month's reduction, Australia had the capacity to accept around 6,900 weekly arrivals from overseas, including through the Howard Springs facility. The number right now is about 4,550 per week, and this will increase from the 15th of February to around 6,800 weekly arrivals, which is still just below what it was a month ago. The government recently said that around 36,000 Australians are currently registered with DFAT as being stuck overseas, and this number has been repeated many times in the media as representing the number of Australians trying to return. But the true number is likely far higher, as many of the people trying to come to Australia have not registered with DFAT. Qantas will wet lease up to 14 Embraer E190 regional jets from Alliance Airlines for the next three years. Qantas plans to take delivery of its first three leased jets in June this year for use on the routes between Adelaide, Alice Springs and Darwin. The jets will be crewed by Alliance Airlines pilots and flight attendants, but flights will be marketed by Qantas and have a QF flight number. Qantas says that the E-190s, which have 10 business class seats and 84 economy seats, are the right size for flights between some of Australia's regional centres and smaller capital cities, like on routes like Alice Springs to Adelaide while also offering a greater range than Qantas Link's Boeing 717s. The E-190s can fly for up to five hours. Singapore Airlines' full-service regional subsidiary Silcare has been merged into the Singapore Airlines brand. Singapore Airlines will gradually take over service on Silcare's existing routes, starting with flights between Singapore and Phuket from the 4th of March. Nine of Silcare's Boeing 737-800s will eventually be transferred to the parent company. And although the merger has been finalised at the moment with many of the airline's flights grounded due to COVID-19, this was already planned uh, well before the pandemic began. 
Silk Air has been a full-service regional airline since it began operations in 1992, but it had been viewed by some as the poor cousin of Singapore Airlines. Singapore Airlines is now addressing some of these concerns by reupholstering the seats on its ex-Silk Air planes. It will also introduce the Singapore Airlines dining experience on regional flights, including Book the Cook in business class, and on routes over five hours, satay skewers for passengers in business class, including on routes like Cairns to Singapore, which was previously a Silk Air route. These 737 flights will also now be staffed by Singapore Airlines trained cabin crew wearing the Singapore Airlines uniform, and Chris World in-flight entertainment will be available to stream on passengers' own devices. These flights will also now be part of the Star Alliance network, which is great news for frequent flyers with Star Alliance partner airlines who previously got no benefits when they were put onto a Silk Air flight, although there's no change for Velocity members because Velocity had already been a partner of both Silk Air and Singapore Airlines. Qatar Airways, Emirates and Cathay Pacific are among the latest group of airlines to provide a second year of tier status extensions to their frequent flyers. Almost every airline gave, uh, as you probably know, a 12-month status extension to their top tier members in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic and the associated travel restrictions which made it difficult for people to retain their status otherwise. But it's now quite clear that the travel restrictions are going to last in some form for longer than one year, and so many airlines are now granting a second year of status extensions. All existing silver, gold and platinum members of Qatar Airways Privilege Club will have their status extended until the 31st of December this year, and that includes Velocity members who took advantage of last year's status match. Meanwhile, all Emirates Skywards and Cathay Pacific Marco Polo Club members will get another full 12-month extension. Malaysia Airlines has announced a range of so-called enhancements to its Enriched Frequent Flyer program to take effect from the 31st of March. Unfortunately, the changes are not all that enriching, though. Enriched Miles will be renamed as Enriched Points, which is innocent enough, Um, but there are a range of changes to the way that points will be earned in the future for Malaysia Airlines flights. The number of points needed to redeem for a reward flight isn't changing, but many customers will now earn fewer points when flying with Malaysia Airlines as the earn rate is going to be based on the ticket price, uh, not the amount of distance flown and your status. Earning status will also become more difficult for many customers under the new Enrich program, with the new system of earning elite points, as they're going to be soon called, based on the class of travel and the category of the distance flown, but the uh, status earn will actually have nothing to do with the ticket price. Malaysia Airlines says that the new program will make it simpler, but quite frankly, the changes are rather confusing and anything but simple. And... It makes me wonder, where have I heard terms like simplify and enhance before when describing changes to a frequent flyer program that neither simplifies nor enhances it? It's certainly not the first time I've heard that. Qantas operated five rescue flights from Brisbane and Sydney to Norfolk Island and back over the last week. It came after Air New Zealand, which normally has a monopoly between Australia and Norfolk Island, had to cancel all of its flights, leaving hundreds of travellers stuck. Air New Zealand said it was unable to operate its usual flights because of the temporary suspension of the one-way Trans-Tasman bubble last week. Australia stopped allowing quarantine-free arrivals from New Zealand for six days after three new COVID-19 cases were detected in Auckland, although the Trans-Tasman quarantine-free flights have since been reinstated. Air New Zealand said that to operate its flights to Norfolk Island, its crew would have had to first quarantine in Australia for 14 days. 
Virgin Australia CEO Jane Hurdlicker has warned that 3,000 jobs at the airline could be at risk if the federal government doesn't extend JobKeeper or continue providing some sort of support for the aviation industry while international borders remain closed and domestic borders remain fragile. Ms Hurdlicker told the ABC's The Business Program that the airline was now only operating about 35% of its normal domestic capacity when it had planned to be at back at about 60% by now, if not for the border closures. Ms Hurdlicker said that the airline will have to make tough decisions on how many people they can afford to keep on the books going forward when they don't have any guarantees of the borders being open. Her concerns echo many similar statements from Qantas CEO Alan Joyce over recent months. And the airline CEOs do have a bit of a point about border closures. They do remain unpredictable, and we still have situations where state governments are closing their borders to entire states, not just hotspots, but whole states, over one coronavirus case, and then wait weeks to reopen. Over the past week, we've been in a ridiculous situation where there are more restrictions on people travelling from Sydney to Perth than there are from Perth to Sydney, even though Perth was in lockdown. Most Australian states and territories did put some restrictions on travel from Perth or Western Australia this week, and the Northern Territory also declared 10 Melbourne suburbs as hotspots after there was an outbreak announced there during the middle of the week. But Queensland and the Northern Territory reopened to Sydney last Monday, leaving Western Australia now as the only state that still requires 14 days of quarantine for people arriving from New South Wales. Qantas is reportedly considering expanding its sizable portfolio of non-airline-related businesses with the launch of Qantas Mobile. The service would utilise the Optus Mobile network, and Qantas would likely offer generous amounts of points to attract customers to take out a 24-month plan. The idea is still under consideration from Qantas. Qantas frequent flyer members can earn 10 free points every day throughout February, up to 280 Qantas points in total, by completing the Qantas Frequent Walker Challenge on the Qantas Wellbeing app. App users can complete the challenge by taking at least 7,500 steps each day and get 10 points per day that they do. Now, even if you don't actively collect Qantas points, these free points are a handy way to prevent the rest of your existing Qantas points from expiring as they'll count as activity on your account, and of course they're free. Qantas points don't expire as long as you earn or redeem at least one point every 18 months. Qantas Wellbeing app users can also earn points for completing other daily challenges, including a sleep challenge, and even for completing odd jobs around the house such as checking your smoke alarms, clearing gutters, or checking your car tyres. And American Express is also currently running an offer for customers with an American Express Explorer or a Qantas Amex Premium credit card. If you have one of those cards, you can get an easy 5,000 bonus points by adding an additional card holder by the 26th of February. That's what's making news on australianfrequentflyer.com.au this fortnight. You can stay up to date between podcasts by following Australian Frequent Flyer on Facebook or subscribe to the Australian Frequent Flyer Gazette to get the latest Frequent Flyer news straight to your inbox for free every Monday and Thursday morning. Before we get on to the main topic of today's episode, I wanted to draw your attention to a current sale with Qantas Wine. If you ever need a few more Qantas Frequent Flyer points, um, for example, if you're just short of a particular reward, you can, of course, buy top-up points from Qantas, but these can be quite expensive. A much more cost-efficient way, if, if you're over 18, of course, is to buy a case of wine from Qantas Wine. 
Quantuswine regularly runs deals where you can get 10,000, 15,000, or even sometimes 20,000 bonus points just for buying a case of pretty good wine. And that's on top of the one point per dollar that you earn anyway, which increases to three points per dollar for Qantas Wine Premium members and five points per dollar if you're also a Qantas Business Rewards member. Now, here's the thing. The amount of money you'll be spending on a case of wine is often less than it would cost you just to buy top-up points directly from Qantas. And of course, when you're buying points, you don't get any wine with that. So by buying wine, you spend less overall and you get the same amount of points or more and also a nice case of pretty good wines as an added bonus. Even if you don't drink wine, those bottles could be nice gifts, for example. Now, Qantas Wine's bonus point offers are often pretty lucrative, but with the current sale, which expires on the 11th of February, it's probably the best I've seen for a long time. There's one particular case of red wine, which costs you $399 and comes with 20,000 bonus points. And that includes delivery because orders over $300 come with free delivery. Or if you're a premium member, then all orders are free delivery. Now, if you were to buy 20,000 points from Qantas, it would normally cost you $645. At the moment, you can actually get a 12% discount on top-up points, but the price is still $567.60, which is a lot higher than the $399 you'd be spending on that case of red wine. And there's various other cases available for like $408 and and, um, not that much more expensive than that. 20,000 Qantas points is more than enough, just to give you an idea, for a return economy class flight or a one-way business class flight on any route under 600 miles. So that includes routes like Sydney to Melbourne, Canberra to Brisbane, or even Sydney to Lord Howe Island. And as you might know, a return ticket to Lord Howe Island would normally cost you well over $1,000 if, if you're paying for a regular airfare. Uh, at the moment, there are also a few cases which cost $210 and come with 10,000 Qantas points as a bonus. Have a look at the article linked in the episode notes if you're interested or jump onto the Qantas Wine website. And no, this is not a paid promotion. It's just a really good deal that I thought I'd like to share with you. Want to learn how to maximize the value in frequent flyer programs? If you're new to the frequent flyer points game, or perhaps you'd like to perfect your travel hacking strategy, you may be interested in the frequent flyer training program offered by our sister website, Frequent Flyer Solutions. The Frequent Flyer Solutions training consists of 10 easy-to-follow online courses with topics including credit cards, earning, buying and redeeming points, airline status, hotel and supermarket loyalty programs, and how to find cheap flights. If you don't have hours to sift through online forums, the training explains clearly all of the tricks and strategies you need to know to make the most of your Frequent Flyer points and loyalty programs. For more information, visit frequentflyer.com.au. Well, often on this podcast, we talk about airline loyalty programs, frequent flyer programs, how you can earn points, how you can redeem points, and how you can earn and take advantage of status. But of course, airlines don't have a monopoly on frequent flyer programs, and hotels are also an important part of the travel experience. Joining me again on the podcast today to talk about hotel loyalty programs is James Green from Frequent Flyer Solutions. Welcome back to AFF on Air, James. Thank you, Matt. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's nice to have you back. It's been a little while. So I guess, first of all, can you just explain for our listeners who might not be familiar so much with hotel loyalty programs, just an overview of how they work? Sure. Um, as you alluded to, it's not that much different to airline loyalty programs in some ways. Uh, basically, you join up online 
with the hotel program of your choice or preferably with a number of them and you book a room, pay your money, stay at the hotel and for that you receive points. Depending on the hotel program, those points can be redeemed for certain benefits. Perhaps the most common benefit is a free night or free nights and they also have status levels, same as airline programs do. So when you join, you become a, a member or a club member or, or a base rate member, whatever is called in the uh, particular program. And then depending on how often you stay or in some programs how much money you've spent, you progress up through the status levels. And, of course, the benefits you receive uh, increase as you get to higher and higher uh, status levels. Yeah, so what are some of those benefits of status with the hotel loyalty program? Well, in general, you could get things such as uh, free upgrades, you know, upgrades to a, a higher class of room. A common one is free Wi-Fi, or as you get to higher status levels, uh, faster Wi-Fi or a, a greater limit on how much internet you can use. For some programs at the highest levels, you get a guaranteed room availability. Uh, other things you might get a complimentary breakfast, uh, food and beverage credits, or discounts, welcome drinks, welcome gifts. Discount on rates is a common one. And, of course, you get points for free nights. And if you're a higher status level, you usually get bonus on top of that. Some of the programs give you the fifth night free when you're booking on points. Uh, free bottled water is a common one. One of the others is some chains that have resorts where you have access to maps, canoes and that sort of thing. For a fee, you might have uh, no resort fee charged if you're of a certain status level. Mm. And some programs, rather than give you free nights, they have a what they call a local experience, where they might give you um, something around the around that particular area that would be of you know reasonable benefit to you. Yeah, one of, one of the benefits I think I find the most useful, and it's just a basic thing, but I, I have sort of mid-tier status with a few different hotel loyalty programs, and the early check-in or late check-out, quite often, um, if you have some sort of status with a chain, they'll they'll let you check out sort of in the afternoon and, and won't charge you an extra for that. And it's just a basic thing, but that's something that I personally find quite useful. And so you mentioned that to earn status with a hotel loyalty program, it's generally based on um, nights or how much money you spend, or how does that work exactly? It depends on the program. They um, all have their own different ways of doing it, but perhaps a couple of examples might uh, help. Hilton Honours Program, for example, they have four levels, member, silver, gold and diamond, and with that program you can qualify for the higher levels on either the no number of nights you stay or the number of stays you have. So, for example, to get to the highest level with Hilton, which is diamond, you normally need to stay 60 nights or... 30 stays, a stay being where you only at a particular hotel. So if you stay for three nights at a hotel, that's three nights or one stay. So you you only need half the number of stays as you do nights. Now, I, sh I should mention in passing that for this year, they've reduced those qualification levels by 50%. So Diamond is currently only 30 nights or 15 stays. Compare that to Marriott, it's based on nights only. So for Platinum level with Marriott, which is sort of similar to Diamond in some ways. Uh, you need 50 nights, uh, and it doesn't matter how many stays you have. It's got to be 50 nights. So it could be one stay of 50 nights or 50 stays of one night. Yeah, and as, as you mentioned, a lot of the hotel loyalty programs have, last year they extended the status of their existing members uh, for an extra year. And then in 2021, um, most of them are reducing the number of nights or stays that you need to earn this year to renew the status for next year. Or they've alternatively gifted some nights or, or stays um, at the beginning of the year, like I believe 
Marriott has? Yes, that's correct. Marriott, in fact, gave me 25 night credit this morning, which was greatly appreciated. That's halfway to, to towards requalifying for platinum. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I guess the other thing to note about the different qualification criteria for nights versus stays with Hilton is that that leaves um, the opportunity for a mattress run open. Yes, that's correct. And uh, that's an interesting term because uh, it doesn't mean that you pick up the mattress from one hotel and take it to another, (laughs) as some people may have thought, but you basically change from one hotel to another. So, for example, if there's a town or city that has two Hiltons, rather than staying five nights at one hotel, you could stay one night at the first hotel, then move to the other hotel, move back and do that every night. So you get up five stays rather than just one. Matt, I did that in Beijing where we moved. Every morning we got up, packed our bags and moved from one hotel to the other. It's a bit inconvenient though, having to pack up and move it every day, right? It certainly is. My wife hates it, but <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm quite happy to do it if I need to do that to get the diamond status, which, which was why we did it when we were in Beijing. Yeah, and I guess the benefits of that status are quite valuable, and we touched on some of those earlier. And I believe with Hilton Diamond, you also get lounge access, executive lounge access, and there's a whole bunch of other one uh, benefits. So I guess f- uh, if you're a little bit short, that could be quite worthwhile. Um, I think we should also mention there are some benefits, even if you uh, don't have status with the hotel program, just by joining the program and booking direct with the hotel, some hotels do give you things like free Wi-Fi, right? Most of them give you free Wi-Fi as a member. Some hotels, I think, you, there, I think there are still some that you have to be the next level up. But generally speaking, it's only uh, four or five nights to progress from the entry level to the next level. Yeah. But as Wi-Fi has become and Internet's become a much more common thing, most of them now give it free just when you um, when you first join. Yeah, and I'm just having a look here. Hilton Blue members, so Blue is the base level, also get late checkout. Um, so that doesn't cost anything to join. So that's quite a nice. Uh, feature. Uh, now, you mentioned uh, at the beginning that to earn points with a hotel loyalty program, you, you can earn points, obviously, by staying at the hotel. But are there other ways to earn points? Yes, there are. You, um, you'll you find that most of the programs allow you to buy points and various times of the year, they'll have a promotion, especially now with all the travel restrictions in place and the hotel programs perhaps don't have the income that they have in previous years. So they're giving quite generous bonuses in many many instances and that might be a bonus of the number of points that you you earn so perhaps you know buy 10,000 points and get another 10,000 or 5,000 or what the case might be or they'll give a discount on the price of buying those points and occasionally they'll give both a discount and a bonus yeah and that can be even even if you're not staying at hotels just buying the points can be quite lucrative if you're redeeming them for something that obviously has a higher value than what you paid to buy the points. Um, and in terms of redeeming points, uh, obviously you can redeem them uh, to stay at hotels and it varies by hotel chain, but a lot of the hotel chains, you know how like airlines have award charts, hotel chains have categories and then the price of a night has a different category. Do you want to sort of talk about that? Yeah, so that's that's correct. If you look at some of the bigger chains, such as Marriott and Hilton, they have a range of hotels from what they term luxury to mid-range to basic. I'm not sure they use the term basic, but perhaps they use budget or something like that. Now, obviously, the number of points that you would pay for uh, something like a um, Waldorf Astoria, you might expect to pay more points than something like a Hampton Inn or one of the more base-level um, hotels. 
with Marriott, for example, they have eight levels depending on where it fits in the, shall I say, luxury um, department. It'll cost you more points. Mm. And I guess the sweet spot there is to find hotels that are in kind of a lower category than what they might be actually worth, right? Yes, uh, whether it's done by categories or just some other non-published method, you can often find some interesting comparisons where the cash rate and the points rate just seem to be completely out of whack. Mm. The one that comes immediately to mind is the Intercontinental Hotel at Johannesburg Airport, where um, to pay cash is expensive. Not sure exactly what it is at the moment with all the travel restrictions, but when I was there a few years ago, it was around $450 a night, but only 25,000 points, which with um, Intercontinental or IHG program, it's very easy to come up with 25,000 points for not a lot of outlay. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good example of a time where it, a hotel loyalty program is coming uh, very handy. Of course, redeeming for hotel nights is probably the most common way, but you can also transfer points from many hotel loyalty programs to airlines. You would imagine that the best value would be within the hotel loyalty program itself. So they're designed basically for you to spend money and and your points at that hotel or within that hotel program using one of their um, brands. But they do also allow you to transfer your points to airlines. Uh, Marriott in particular has a, a large number of airlines that you can transfer mm-hmm. points to, but so do most of the others, perhaps not quite so many. But that's generally not as good a value as getting a free night at the hotel, especially if you pick the hotel that's undervalued on points relative to the cash rate. Yeah, and the Marriott one is interesting because, as you mentioned before, you can buy points. You can also buy points with Marriott, and I think you can also transfer American Express membership rewards points to the Marriott Bonvoy program, is what, that's what they call it. And Marriott partners with, I believe, over 30 different airlines, including Qantas and Virgin Australia, and, and many overseas airlines, which have quite uh, valuable frequent flyer programs, but where it's not so easy to earn points in Australia. So, uh, the Marriott Bonvoy program can be quite useful for that. Um, also a good option for redeeming for hotel nights, mind you. So uh, you've got a bit of choice there. Now, uh, staying at hotels is not the only way to earn status with a hotel loyalty program. Various different airlines, including Virgin Australia right here in Australia, also partner with uh, a range of hotel loyalty programs. And with the Virgin Velocity program, for example, if you have Velocity Gold status, you can get an instant status match to Hilton Honours gold or IHG Rewards Club gold. And if you have Velocity Platinum status, that is going to get you either Hilton Honours Diamond status or IHG Platinum Elite status. So you can pick um, between the Hilton and IHG programs to get a a status match to an equivalent tier, and that's available once. Which do you think is the better program if if there are any Velocity members listening between Hilton Honours and IHG Rewards Club? Well, it comes down to what you're actually looking for, I think. Uh, One of the things I've learned over the years I've been a member of Australian Frequent Flyer, is that we're all different. We've all got different aspirations and needs and wants, uh, different budgets and so on. So it it depends on what you're actually after. But in general, I would say that if you're looking for a free night, the IHG program would be the way to go. And if you're looking more for benefits when you're actually staying at the hotel, such as lounge access and, and the like, then Hilton Honours is the better program. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, so which hotels, I guess each of, there's there's sort of eight to ten main hotel loyalty programs, but within those hotel loyalty programs, there are a lot of different brands sort of that come under that umbrella of the program. What, what, what are the main ones that um, are part of the Hilton program? 
Sure, Matt. Well, with Hilton, the main ones that people in Australia would be aware of would be Waldorf Astoria, Hilton itself, uh, Doubletree, a Curio Collection is another one, Hilton Garden Inn, which is the slightly downmarket version of, of Hilton, but still very nice hotels. In the US, you get Hampton Inn, and there are a few other um, brands which we really wouldn't hear much of in Australia. Yeah, and what about IHG Rewards Club? Uh, IHG, you've, IHG is, stands for Intercontinental Hotel Group, so one would imagine Intercontinental is their premium brand, and it is. Other brands under that umbrella are Regent, uh, Crown Plaza, Indigo, Holiday Inn and Holiday Inn Express, and then you get a few others which, again, we don't see much of in Australia, but you see in the um, in Europe and the US. And American Airlines partners with World of Hyatt, which is the loyalty program of Hyatt hotels as well. So if you have American Airlines Advantage status, you get various benefits with Hyatt and, and vice versa. And I know that one of the uh, moderators on Australian Frequent Flyer that I've spoken to is uh, he has top tier status with Hyatt. I think it's called Globalist. Um, and he's very happy with the service that he gets when he stays at um, at Hyatt Hotels, although there aren't so many of those in Australia. Um, and also United Airlines and Emirates both partner with Marriott Bonvoy. Marriott Bonvoy is a program we spoke about earlier. So, um, for example, I have United Gold status and I was able to get a match across to Marriott Gold um, when when I got that United status. And I believe there's also some arrangement in the, in the other direction between Marriott and United mileage plus but so what are the main brands in the marriott program if you look on the marriott website you'll see they've they've got dozens and dozens of different brands but main ones we'd be familiar with here are marriott itself uh, courtyard by marriott renaissance uh, autograph collection luxury collection west Inn, le meridian the sheraton ac hotels jw marriott st regis w ritz carlton you've got four points by sheraton um Moxie is a new one that they've brought out in some parts of Europe. If you're going to Southern Africa, then you've got the Proteas, and there's many, many more. And we should point out that Marriott Bonvoy is kind of a, a, a merging of the old Marriott Rewards Program and also the Starwood Preferred Guest and Ritz-Carlton programs. So Marriott and Starwood merged a couple of years ago, and all of those different brands came under the Marriott Bonvoy banner. So they've got that's why they've got a, a, at least... 25 or 30 different hotels. Now, you got a status challenge with Marriott Bonvoy recently, I believe. Uh, I did. It was actually not that recent. It was 2018. Oh, that, that's a lifetime ago then. <laughs> it, it seems like it. The actual point. fact that be, before that, I joined the Marriott program, and I think they still do this with most, if not all, new members, where they offer you... A sort of a welcome challenge of staying two nights and getting one for free. So I did that when we were in um, Southern Africa a few years ago and then didn't stay again because I was using Hilton. So the following year they offered me to stay 12 nights and get Marriott um, Gold, which is now actually platinum because they changed the names to, just to confuse everybody when they merged with SPG. So I did the 12 nights and became platinum with Marriott. The following year they said, well, because I... Once I qualified, I, I actually stay very often again because I tend to do one or two big trips a year and not much in between. So the, the following year, they said, well, we haven't seen you. If you want to come back and try us again, we'll give you 25 nights towards the 50 you need to, to uh, reach platinum again. So I thought, that's all right, did that. Just happened to get that, that offer when I was in Europe for a couple of months, so it was quite easy to do. And since then, they've extended that um, status 
twice. So I've done pretty well out of them. Yeah. I was also able to get a, a status match to Hilton on the basis of the platinum status with Marriott. And, uh, of course, Hilton have extended that a couple of times for me as well. So it's been fairly good, except for the fact that we can't go anywhere at the moment. Yeah, that's the big bummer, isn't it? But um, that's right. yeah, a lot of a lot of the hotel programs, as we've kind of discussed, are a bit more generous with giving out status challenges or status matches than than most of the airline programs. But certainly, um, Hilton and and Marriott both have the the status matches and challenges, as you've just discussed. And um, Best Western, uh, Wyndham Rewards, Choice Privileges. And uh, Radisson also have various status matches, uh, which are publicly available offers. So there are certainly, once you've got status with one of the airline, uh, sorry, one of the hotels, um, it is not that difficult to leverage that and get a match with another hotel chain. Now, one program we haven't spoken about yet is the Accor All program, which all stands for Accor Live Limitless, which is a weird name, but anyway. Qantas Frequent Flyer announced at the end of last year that from around mid-2021, they're going to have a quite an in-depth partnership with Accor. So first of all, what are the brands that are under the Accor Hotel Loyalty Program? Yeah, well, again, they have quite a number, um, being a fairly large program. The ones that we'd be most familiar with are Raffles and Fairmont. Uh, in Australia, we've got Sofitel, M Gallery, Art Series, which used to be part of Ridges, uh, Pullman, Swiss Hotel, uh, Pick, which is opening a hotel in Hobart, uh, Mercure and Grand Mercure, Novatel, and you've also got Pepper, Peppers, uh, Seville, Break Free, and then their base budget um, hotels such as Ibis, Ibis Styles. Yeah, so quite a lot of uh, different brands and a lot of uh, core properties, both in Australia and overseas, really. You're not a huge fan of the Accor program, though, I believe. Why is that? Two iterations ago of their program, I thought it was quite okay, and I was actually platinum level with them. They changed it a couple of times, and I just don't think the value is there. Uh, basically, you get points, which when you get 2,000 points, you get a, 40 euro, a voucher for 40 euros discount for a stay. But you don't actually earn that many points, so getting the 2,000 points takes a while to add up if you're on the base level, because the points earning is based on the amount of euros you spend or the equivalent that you in euros and your status level. So if you're an entry-level member, it takes quite a while to get there. And then the 40-euro discount basically comes off the, well, perhaps not the rack rate, but they're basically their highest charge for the room. So often I find that the discounted rate you get online will actually be cheaper than what you can get if you use your 40-euro discount. So for their free program, I don't see a great deal of value in it, although they also have a paid membership called Accor Plus, which for those who stay at hotels quite a bit could be could have some value. But the, the basic program, don't think the value is there for me. And the other thing, Matt, this probably doesn't worry you too much, but unlike most of the other programs, they don't have a senior citizen discount. <laughs> so I get some good value out of some of the other programs because I happen to be able to qualify for the senior discounts. All right. No, I, that's not something I've ever looked at um, and probably won't have the um, privilege of doing for some time. <laughs> but it's uh, good to know. Um, mm. Yeah, and, and I believe, yeah, with the with the Accor program, so they don't have the hotel award charts or any categories or that kind of thing. It's just, you know, 2,000 points is worth a 40-euro discount off your, off your bill. I believe you can also transfer 2,000 points to various airlines programs and you get 1,000, for example, 1,000 Qantas points for 2,000 points transferred, uh, which is also pretty poor value when you consider the low earn rate of points. But one of the things that comes up with the loyalty programs and in choosing a loyalty program is where the how many hotels they have available. And 
Accor does have quite a few hotels, and in Australia they have 331. That gives us the opportunity to use the program in a lot of regional centres and country towns where you may not be able to with some of the other programs. For example, Hilton only have 12 hotels in Australia. Most of those are in capital cities or Gold Coast or Cairns. In fact, I don't think there are any outside of those uh, major centres. Uh, Marriott has 28, but compared that to a call with over 300, uh, the, the benefits to, or the opportunity to be able to use that program is far higher. Yeah, and I guess that's a good point. The best program for you also depends somewhat on where you're travelling to. France, another uh, typical example, because Accor is a French um, company. Uh, if you compare that, in France there are 58 Marriott's, 17 Hilton's, of which 11 are in Paris, or 1,800 Accor hotels. Mm. So in that part of the world, a lot of Europe, Accor, despite the fact that their program doesn't have a huge amount of value, at least there are hotels that you can use. Yeah, and just um, on that point, if you're travelling a lot around regional areas, especially, you know, maybe country towns in Australia, the major hotel chains are probably going to have very few, if any, properties. But then uh, programs like Choice Privileges, so the Choice Hotels Group or Best Western, which has the Best Western Rewards Program, might have a lot of options then. Yes, that's correct. The uh, Choice Program, which, you know, you have hotels like uh, Country Comfort, Quality Inn, those sorts of things. There's quite a few of those in uh, regional towns, so they can be useful. The other one is Ridges, which uh, has hotels in the capital cities in Australia, but also in some of the regional areas. For example, in New South Wales, you've got Armidale, Tamworth, uh, Bathurst at Mount Panorama, mm-hmm. Albury. Uh, in reg- there's quite a few in regional Queensland and also a couple in Victoria. And disadvantages of it, there's a bit of a lack of consistency. Some of their hotels are very, very nice and some are very tired. And there's not really much way of finding out which are the good ones and which aren't, uh, other than staying there or looking up something like TripAdvisor where who knows whether that's a genuine comment or not. Yeah, so you're a member, obviously, of the Ridges um, program as well, and that's Priority Guest Rewards. Is that any good? They do have a hard expiry on their points. Uh. They expire at 36 months, or if you have no activity within 18 months. Sorry, most of the hotel programs, the points do expire if you have no no activity but only a couple of them have that hard expiry. Um, With the hard expiry, depending on how often you stay, you may find your points expire before you can use them for a free night. You do, however, have the option of using them for some other thing like a free drink or a bottle of wine or something. On the other hand, it does have some good benefits, such as if you become a black member, which is their highest tier, you get 50% discount at their food and beverage outlet if you're staying there. And the hotels, they've got one at Sydney Airport, Adelaide Airport, Gold Coast Airport, so they're quite handy. Sydney International Airport Ridges Hotel is generally pretty good, and uh, I've stayed there a few times. You get If you get a room overlooking the airport, you can um, see all the runway action out the window, which is quite nice, although at the moment I believe it's being used as a quarantine hotel, um, like, like many of the hotels around the major cities. But um, just going back to the Accor program, they also have, you alluded to it before, this uh, pay program called Accor Plus, uh, and this costs $395 a year, um, or you can get it free if you have an American Express Platinum card. It's uh, one of many benefits, I should point out, that come with the American Express Platinum 
card in terms of hotel programs. Um, if you have the American Express Platinum card, now that's, that is the card that costs $1,450 a year, so it's not cheap, but um, it comes with, among, among the many other travel benefits, you get Hilton Gold status, Marriott Gold status, Radisson Rewards Gold, and until the 31st of March anyway, you also get Shangri-La Jade status. Now, American Express is going to end its partnership with Shangri-La on the 31st of March this year. So you've only got until then to take advantage of that status. Although if you have Shangri-La Jade status already from your American Express card, as of the 31st of March, that'll be valid up until the end of 2021. Now that's interesting because Shangri-La Jade status, if you have that, you can then get a status match with Singapore Airlines over to Chris Flyer Silver status and then complete a challenge by taking three Singapore Airlines flights within four months to upgrade to Singapore Airlines Chris Flyer Gold status. So something to keep in mind if you have an American Express uh, Platinum card. So I think I know the answer to this, but um, to wrap up, do you think that hotel loyalty programs overall are worth it? Yes, I do. But I think you need to do your homework and choose the program that suits your needs, particularly where you need to travel, as we mentioned before, the budget level you want to, that you normally stay at, whether they're free to join or a paid membership and what you get for those paid memberships and how often you would actually get to take advantage of it. Yeah. What do you think is the most worthwhile benefit of joining loyalty programs of hotels? Well, for me, it's interesting because there's a, there's a couple of things which I, I like and they aren't actually mentioned on the websites. And one of the benefits I find is that you can book and cancel without penalty most of the time. So, for example, you just join and you can book a hotel in Europe. You don't have to pay a deposit. You do have to put your credit card details on there, of course. But, you know, if you book through Qantas Hotels, you know, you pay for the hotel up front. Uh, with Qantas, you can cancel that, but you have to wait to get your refund. may or may not come fairly quickly. But with... With the hotel program, you, you can book without a deposit and then you can cancel without penalty uh, up to a certain time, depending on the terms and conditions. And then you keep an eye on the rates and if the hotel gets busy, the rates go up and you've got it, you're booking, so you're fine. If the prices come down because the hotel's half empty, which sometimes happens a couple of weeks before or a couple of days before you are due to arrive, you can rebook at the cheaper rate and then cancel without penalty. But always rebook first before you cancel. Mm. Yep. The other the other thing I, I find which is a good benefit is the consistency of the offering. Most of them do have a reasonable consistency, such as if you book a holiday inn or an IBIS, you've got a pretty good idea of what you're going to get and with the holiday inn, you know, you probably even know what the furniture is going to look like. <laughs> yes. The other thing I like is um, lounge access, which can get you cover your breakfast. And let's face it, breakfast can be expensive and hotels when you're traveling mm -hmm. and of course afternoon canapes and drinks if the hotel has a lounge yeah and i guess we should also point out to um, take advantage of the hotel loyalty programs and actually be able to earn points and access status benefits when you stay you do generally need to book directly with the hotel rather than through like a travel agent or an online travel agent or one of the aggregators like Qantas hotels booking.com and so on um, can it be worthwhile to uh, forgo those hotel loyalty benefits and, and book with a third party? Well, it can be. There are a couple of very high-end luxury travel agents who can negotiate special deals with some of the hotels on the basis that they have a high net worth clientele. And some of those times you can actually get points and status credits with the hotel, even though you have gone through a third party. But they're few and far between. Yeah, I think Virtuoso is one. 
Yes, I believe so. Um, and unfortunately, most of the hotels are outside my um, budget level. Yeah, I guess if you're booking though, for example, over you know three quarters hotels, you can earn three quarters points per dollar. Sometimes more if there's a sale on, or if you're uh, in points club and so on. Um, and then there's also the uh, hotels.com website, which has its own reward programs. Hotels.com rewards. Now they can be quite lucrative, and it's also quite handy when you're staying in a hotel that doesn't have any of the chains that you're a member of. Yeah, I guess if there's um, no chain hotel available where you're going, though, the Hotels.com rewards program would be my pick because with Hotels.com, you basically buy 10 nights at anywhere, any, at any of the hotels that they sell across any of the different brands or even non-affiliated hotels, and then you, you get one free night, which is based on the average value of what you've paid for the previous 10 nights. Though I believe that those free nights expire after 12 months if you don't uh, have any stays. I often check a few of the options, both the hotel, uh, hotel loyalty programs and some of the third-party ones. But um, I get looked after very well at those that I have top-level status, so that would be my first choice. Yeah, well, it's it's obviously a huge topic, hotel loyalty programs, and we could talk all day about this, but uh, we're out of time. I would mention, though, if you're a Frequent Flyer Solutions business or first-class member, um, you will have access to the Frequent Flyer Solutions training program. In that training program, there's a whole lot of quite detailed, useful information about the different hotel loyalty programs we've discussed today, and even a few that we haven't had time to discuss, uh, as well as uh, tips on earning status with the different hotel loyalty programs. And in the Frequent Flyer Solutions training as well, we've just added a couple of new units. One of those is on COVID-19 status extensions um, that the airlines and hotel loyalty programs have been giving out over the last little while. And uh, also some of the offers, uh, we discussed a couple of them earlier, of, for example, where the hotel programs this year are giving 50% um, of the ni uh, nights or stays required to earn status this year. But all of that information is available on the Frequent Flyer Solutions website. So I'd encourage you to have a look at that if you'd like to learn more about this. James Green from Frequent Flyer Solutions, thanks very much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure, Matt. Anytime. Well, that brings me to the end of this episode of AFF On Air. Thanks again to my guest, James Green, and thank you so much for listening. For more information about anything discussed in today's episode, check out the episode notes. Here you'll also find a link to the AFF On Air discussion thread on the Australian Frequent Flyer Forum, where you're welcome to discuss the podcast or ask me a question to be answered in a future episode. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd take just a minute to review AFF On Air on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcasting platform to receive every episode as soon as it's released. I'm Matt Graham, and I'll be back next fortnight with more news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. And until then, safe travels. Listener.